Welcome back to the Free Thought Pro- Podcast, guys. I'm your co-host, Matt Agarist, joined with my trusted co-host, Jason Bassler. Today, we're uh, once again diving deep into matters of grave significance, matters that the legacy media often sidesteps, but are truly pivotal to understanding this crazy global landscape that we're navigating here. Our guest today is none other than Mira Tirada, head of the Foundation to Battle Injustice. Uh, many listeners might remember Mira from our March episode. And Mira isn't just an international human rights activist or the force behind crucial revelations on issues such as the Ukrainian peacemaker kill list. She's also a survivor, as we learned last podcast, having endured the unforgiving grip of the U.S. police state as a political prisoner. Her resilience and continued dedication to the cause of justice is seriously commendable. Today, we are kind of pivoting our focus towards another uh, very disconcerting revelation. Fresh from the investigative efforts of Mira's Foundation to Battle Injustice is a story that's pretty chilling. It's a tale of uh, disabled Ukrainian children ostensibly removed for their safety, but subsequently thrust into a sinister world of trafficking and abuse in Spain. It's a narrative that combines the worst facets of geopolitical machinations, unchecked power, and most tragically, the exploitation of the innocent. Mira, uh, thank you so much for rejoining us today especially given the weight and urgency of this issue. Uh, with your firsthand insights into the recent findings of your foundation, could you give our listeners a comprehensive look into this dire situation? How did these vulnerable children seeking refuge end up facing such horrifying circumstances in Spain? Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me over. And uh, yes, this is absolutely Uh, disastrous information. We were able to find out that 85 children were um, forcibly taken from the uh, DPR to Spain by Spanish military aircraft and placed them in a state-run orphanage where they were uh, sexually abused, involved in the drug trade, and they were trafficked around the world. Specifically, they were taken to Argentina and even United States. And um, they have special needs, uh, and uh, unfortunately, they ended up in inappropriate conditions. And um, basically, what we do, we uh, work with uh, children that are taken from the war zones, and also with the children immigrants uh, who end up being taken while they are arriving in the countries where they are supposed to be safe. So in this case, when uh, those children, these 85 children, they were invited to go to Spain and wait until the situation gets better. And uh, on the paper that uh, we received, uh, the paper that was sent to that orphanage in Ukraine, it said that please come over for one year. And once, you know, the year is up, you guys can go back. 
But what happened was uh, when children uh, arrived in Spain, uh, apparently uh, some organizations, they already had prepared evil plan because uh, the guardianship of the of these children or on these children, it was changed to uh, Spanish NGOs and children were put in four different uh, orphanage homes and uh, brothers and sisters, some of them were, they were separated, which, uh, which is completely uh, unlawful. It, it violates international law because families are supposed to stay and remain together. And then uh, once they were taken to the separate places, as I mentioned, um, there were uh, drug issues in there and um, children were involved in uh, sexual abuse. And later on, some girls, they were pregnant and then they were forced to have an abortion. And some of the children, they were taken to Argentina, as I mentioned before, and we followed the organization that was involved in it, the uh, uh, name of the organization, Milagros del Corazon. And uh, they were participating in this uh, children transfer from the beginning because children were taken from Ukraine to Poland and then to Spain. And uh, so what they did, they brought uh, children to Argentina and they started uh, selling them. You know, you could uh, buy the child, you know, uh, for $18,000, uh, the disabled child. And if child uh, has less harm, I would say, right, less damage in uh, its health, in the child's health condition, then the price could go uh twice, three times higher. and But like Jeez. the most terrific thing that I found in there was they had a special program where you could take a child um, uh, to your house uh, for three up to four weeks for $3,500, which is a completely, you know, it, it's not the donation. It's an actual, uh, you know, it's, it's a straight up deal because it's a certain amount of money that you're paying for the certain child. And uh, we revealed our investigation on June 1st, on International uh, Children's Day. And on June 5th, uh, this organization, they deleted uh, their website, their English page. So they remained only with the Spanish one. And then they changed, uh, you know, some information on the website. Like, for example, they can, uh, they canceled this program about, you know, taking children for four weeks for $3,500. But they probably didn't think that Internet remembers everything because we were able to recover it. And we found out that they done it four days later after we published our investigation. They done it on June 5th. So if you, you don't have anything to hide, why would you act like the person or organiza organization that has something to hide? You know, why would you cover your activities if they are completely legal? So what happens next when we reveal uh, this investigation uh, the social services in Spain, Castilla de Leon, that was involved in this illegal uh, illegal guardianship transfer. Uh, beside that, there was police involved. Beside that, uh, there was religious organization involved. Pastor who asked for twenty-two thousand uh, euros for you know his part in uh, this uh, criminal action against these children. Uh, they uh, contacted some me some Spanish media, which wrote that at the time when children went to Argentina and the United States, they reached the age of 18. 
so they're not minors anymore. But they forgot that this child, uh, these children, they are disabled. So till the rest of their life, they are obligated to be under guardianship no matter how old they are. And in, on top of it, I decided personally to check if there were any child who reached the age of 18. And guess what? At that date, when uh, the guardianship passed to Spanish organization, none of the children was at the age 18. So they, you know, they're still minors. They cannot you know, like they cannot be released or let go anywhere where they want to go and where can they go because they have uh, some uh, mental issues. Yeah, that that sounds crazy. Going back a little bit to what you just said about some of these households in Spain paying $3,500 to take a kid for three or four weeks, that's like the opposite of the U.S. foster system, right, where the people actually get paid to take in a child. But you say that these people are actually paying the, the, yes. the organization, the NGOs, to take a child to their house? Yes. What? what are they doing when they get these children there? Like who, who pays $3,500 to take a disabled child into their house for, for a month? And what like, for? What? Like the main question is what for? Right. Because, you know, children trafficking is huge business and it can be organ harvesting because we, within uh, this um, guardianship transfer, what happened was that at the beginning it was 85 children, but like the guardianship was transferred only on 77. So we have no idea what happened to those eight children who disappeared. You know, you would think the worst. But like they are not, you know, they, like they're not 18. Uh, they have special needs. So like what happened to those children? And nobody can give an answer yet, but we are moving toward that direction when we will have the answers. And then it, besides the organ harvesting, it can be sexual trafficking, you know, it can be as uh, right. sexual trafficking offline. It can be online usage of children, you know, uh, online pornography. Uh, they use children behind the camera it can be slavery children can be working very hard at the farms and uh, other places there can be uh, you know those children beggars who are asking for money on the streets that's another huge uh, criminal group you know that runs this uh, uh, this show let's say that way so there are so many ways how like vulnerable little kids can be used and abused and uh, if you would think, like, why would you pay, uh, besides that it can be any terrible use, there is also a question, like, if you have to pay, if you cannot take child home for free, then uh, it's got to be something wrong with you. Maybe it's your mental state. Maybe it's some other conditions, you know, that children are not allowed to be at your house, and then you have to pay. Then you have to pay. Yeah, wow. Well, I should probably first start off by saying this is absolutely horrific, and inhumane and heartbreaking, you know, and as a parent, I know it's, it's certainly not cheap to have kids. I mean, kids cost money, uh, there's activities, there's food. I mean, there's always something. And I would only expect that would probably double, if not triple, if the, the child was disabled or mentally handicapped. So the idea of paying to uh, bring a child into your house, just something doesn't sit right. In your article, though, I, I, was, I was taking a look at that this morning, and it said that there were, there was uh, indications that there was interference of the United States in the process of illegal transportation, uh, specifically by the American NGO Angels. Is there anything you could tell us about that to maybe give us a little bit more information about 
this NGO Angels and what leads you to believe the United States is involved with this? Yes, unfortunately, uh, I didn't investigate uh, that route yet because I'm still dealing with the Argentina issue because, you know, the children are there and we have the obvious evidence. About the Angels NGO, uh, we were told... um, by two people. Besides that, we got uh, some documentation proving uh, all this uh, that you can see on our website. We were able to get statements of two people. There was a woman, uh, Olena, and uh, she uh, was the one who had custody on the children uh, when she was taking them from Ukraine. And then there was this man, his name is Conrado Jimenez Agrela, and he is president and co-founder of the Spanish NGO Fundación Madrina, the one who actually invited children to go to Spain. So both of them, they were telling us uh, about uh, American NGO that was involved and uh, both of them were given statements um, about conditions that children were in uh, Spain, you know, and uh, other information that we did not include in this investigation for publication, but we passed it on to the special services. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Have you brought this up to any government organizations? To Absolutely, yes, uh, 100%. Uh, we contacted um, and uh, notifi- notified, uh, of course, uh, Russian government. Uh, the Ukrainian government is aware of this situation, and their answer was just bizarre because they said basically to that lady who had a custody on children, they told her not to make it public because Spain is an ally of Ukraine in a conflict with Russia and they don't want to ruin this relationship. And my question was like, since when, due to some political, military or any kind of other ambitions, you know, you put them first before children's interests. And uh, of course, we filed uh, paperwork to the uh, special services, to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, because this part overseas is, uh, you know, the part of their job that they must do. We, not- uh, we notified international organizations on behalf of this issue, and there is an investigation uh, in ongoing process currently. Yeah, that, that's that. So it's like they're just passing the buck because, well, we got to keep the war, our relations with Ukraine going. Isn't it sick? Like, this is the worst that I could ever hear. Like, you know, children's rights has to be above any war, any any other interest. It, this is something different, you know. It shouldn't be decided like, okay, this is, this is our ally. We don't want to be in argument with them over some 85 kids. Yeah, unfortunately, it's always like that. Children are the ones who suffer the most during war and times of war. It always ends like this. I mean, you can look at all the conflict in Africa and... Look at all the children who died in the Middle East during, you know, the U.S. invasions in Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, obviously, the Ukraine war is playing into the the predatory nature of these groups that are trafficking the children, you know. Um, Ukraine, unfortunately, is being the part of all. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Ukraine and Ukraine, unfortunately, is being a part of this uh, big business because uh, they have an official statistic. And even before the special military operation, uh, they had up to 5,000 children a year missing. That's a lot. Ukraine is not that big country, you know, but children were taken uh, from their 
already before. And now, like, it's always like this when there is a war or any kind of pandemic or uh, huge migration, you would see there are children traffickers, pedophiles, and all kind of uh, predators, you know, that are after children. Yeah, well, that's what I was about to ask. I was going to say, like, what other factors besides the war uh, contribute to these, you know, that are at play that contribute to these children being more vulnerable? Is it is it there like just a is this a underground culture in Ukraine or is it like there's what I think it's just business. It only has to do uh, with the money because, you know, in all this uh, scam of children trafficking, there is a government involved. There is always a person who has access to, to, to these children, you know, where parents trust or where children trust. And then it has to be allowed, you know, permission to take uh, these children out of the country who gives this permission especially when uh, uh, those are orphans of course government because you know they are under government protection and that permission was given and then you know what's uh, interesting like when the children are taken out of the country you know why it's hard to uh, find out where they're going to as we found out there are five countries in the world right now that do not register uh, Ukrainian children when they cross border so it's Poland, Spain, uh, Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia, and United Kingdom. Those five countries, they do not register Ukrainian children when they arrive. So Ukrainian government does not tell us how many children left. And we cannot find out how many children actually entered those five countries. And like actually through Poland, because it's right at the border with, with U- Ukraine, you know, with... Uh, uh, with the western part of Ukraine, they take children outside of the country, and then also they have these military organizations uh, called uh, White Angel and Phoenix. Right? They are absolutely governmentally approved. What they did it is it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, right before the Christmas in 2022, uh, they came to the city Bakhmut, and now it's called Artyomovsk, and. Uh, they came with uh, humanitarian aid. That humanitarian aid was only for children. The way how children could get it, uh, uh, the parents supposed to bring the child with them or they have to bring the birth certificate in order to get that uh, humanitarian aid. What the workers who were give volunteers who were given this humanitarian aid was, were doing, they would take a picture of the child or of the birth certificate. So when... Uh, Time came, uh, passed by, you know, they gave that aid and that's it. They disappeared. Uh, and like within a f- very short amount of time, they come back. But then they come back, not in the, in the regular clothes as they were uh, as volunteers, but they come back in, in the military clothing. And now they already knew uh, where uh, every child lives, you know, what building, apartment, uh, who are their parents, you know, where to go and search. And they just stay, started taking children. They opened the hunt after the children. Like we have witnesses telling us this. We have uh, video recordings where we spoke to these uh, parents whose uh, uh, whose children were almost taken, or their neighbors' children were taken. So it's not like actually uh, evacuation. It was a real abduction, you know, because uh, parents did not want to give their children away. So when they didn't want to do that, the military groups they were pointing their uh, guns at the parents and they were taking uh these children uh, you know with the force 
So this is the kidnap. And then they were taking them to Europe. Like we have one girl who was almost taken. Her name is Milania. And she was telling that she was separated with her mother during the evacuation to the different city. And uh, those military groups came to that city and they were after her. And they uh, were telling her that her mother was murdered uh, by Russians and that uh, she needs to go with them because they want to take her to Germany. She has relatives there. Ten months later, well, the girl was able to run away, and so on. Ten months later, she reunited with her mother, who was alive, and they never had any relatives in Germany, by the way. All these people, uh, you know, these military groups show up like with uh, with an order to pick up uh, girls from eleven to, uh, up to thirteen years old, blonde with blue eyes. It's not how evacuation happens. That's uh, the, I mean, and what's really well i guess it's not surprising but it's pretty insidious is the fact that the u.s tends to look the other way right so for years actually every single year up until the uh the war broke out uh in 2022 the uh bureau of international labor affairs would put out a report on like child labor and forced labor reports and they would do it by country and ukraine ranked one of the lowest in the world like i mean like as far as bad like they got an f right and um when uh, in in regards to child labor and forced labor reports, where most of these kids that like there there's there's a lot of them like you said thousands, and they're being used not just like for pornography, but they're being put in like forced labor camps where they're they're mining coal and and amber, which I'm not sure what amber is, but uh, I guess that's what the, that's a, some other you know commodity that's being traded, and the U.S. has put out scathing reports every year since you know going back into the 90s about this and they haven't put one out since uh since 2021 but and and the media would cover this too you know there's reports in new york times there's there's all kinds of reports of all this child trafficking and child and child labor coming out of ukraine and now child trafficking and child and child labor coming out of ukraine and now it's all silent so i guess my question is um aside from the war you know or maybe maybe it is solely due to the war. Why do you believe like the mainstream media, especially in the West, you know, has been so uh, reluctant to cover this this situation? And um, do you think it, that, that their silence is basically part of this like war propaganda? They're just willing to look the other way as these as these children are tortured and, and forced into horrifying situations. You see, in the case of United States, I think the issue might be uh, within the country because you guys have issue uh, yourself at the border, you know, with all this 85,000 children missing and uh, the movie Sound of Freedom. I was I just had interview with Paul Hutchinson, the one who, uh, you know, one of the people who made this movie, you know, and he told me a lot about this issue. And uh, with the Europe, I think uh, the problem is that the European elites are the one who benefits from, you know, getting these children. They're, they're, like, there are so many scandals around um, elites, uh, for example, in Belgium. Even King's family was involved in uh, ch child trafficking, you know, uh, like in pedophilia. So 
for them to raise this subject is too much truth can come out, you know. And uh, when it comes to the Europe, this issue lasts, for example, for France over 240 years. It's like well-known families who are using these children for different types of purposes. I don't want to go uh, deep in the conspiracy theories, you know, uh, and stress uh, our listeners out, but like for, for purposes such as pedophilia again. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at a fact check right now from USA Today from April 12th, 2022. False claim about Ukraine, child sex trafficking and money laundering. And as, as we know, you know, we're, we've been watching fact checkers for a long time now. You know, anytime that they start to present a narrative uh, such as this, it means that they're trying to... Um, you know, slow down the momentum of the truth. And unfortunately, uh, nine times out of 10, these fact checkers, that's exactly what they're they're here to do. So it says, you know, first of all, the, the very first paragraph says that there's an information war about Russia-Ukraine conflict continuing uh, online with bots spreading disinformation. <laughs> so, I mean, right there, you're already poisoning the well, right? So uh, this is crazy to me. I mean, obviously, we know you know, through the Pandora Papers, that Ukraine has been, you know, engaged in money laundering to pretty extensive uh, lengths. And I was actually able to just bring up a few stats really quickly here from USAID.gov. Estimated 46,000 Ukrainians were trafficked during 2019 to 2021. Uh, that's <laughs> that kind of conflicts a little bit there with the, the fact check. And just another statistic here from the Washington Post, since 2015, nearly 50% of identified trafficking victims from Ukraine have been men and boys. So uh, that, that certainly flies in the face of the fact check there. And it certainly seems uh, a bit suspicious that USA Today is kind of running this cover. Yes, unfortunately, uh, they... They cannot deny the facts, you know, like uh, uh, it's not only witnesses statements, but in the case was 85 children. We were able to get documents because how did we get it? Because the person who had a custody on these children, of course, she receives the copies of the documents of the new custody, the new guardianship, you know, uh, on, on those kids. And those documents were passed to us. So there is nothing, you know, like you can really do against these facts. And we know that only in Castilla de Leon, you know, that little Spanish area where the, those 85 children were taken at the beginning, there are hundreds of children. You know, and again, uh, like we have to collect the evidence to prove that fact. And uh, it's not an easy job. And uh, it's uh, again, it's even harder to do when uh, people do not uh, like governments do not support this uh, war against children traffic trafficking. Because, like, if, if, if you're not talking about this or denying this fact, you're becoming a conspirator again, you know, on such an issue. Yeah. Yes, you're complicit. And just like uh, ABC News was when they weren't uh, actively running the, the story about Jeffrey Epstein. So, yeah, you're absolutely correct, Mira. Yeah. yeah. And it, they even turned the movie. Uh, Sound of Freedom. Yeah, yeah, right. They, they turned that into a political divide, right? Like, if you watch that movie or if you promoted that movie, then then you were somehow like some right-wing conspiracy theorist, even though NBC 10 years earlier did a piece on him and showed the actual, you know, they went on location down into South America 
and showed the children that he was rescuing. And, and, and it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's mind blowing to me that these people are willing to, to completely ignore or even go along with this, you know, these horrible, horrifying acts against children. So you, you mentioned that you had reached out to governments and a lot of them, you know, basically ignored you. Have you reached out to any of the, like any international human rights organizations and if they, they responded and is there like a, a discrepancy between any of these? Like, has has the UN been notified? Has has anybody like that? Yes, we are preparing right now the uh, evidence uh, for the United Nations as well, because we want, uh, you know, to back up uh, every single word that we have to say about this issue, that there will be no questions toward us and no doubts about what we say. There was one UN meeting before, uh, two months ago on this issue but uh from russian side there was um maria lvova belova uh participating uh she is the one who takes uh, to, uh, takes care of the uh, children rights you know in russia and since uh, international criminal court accused her and russian president vladimir putin of uh, kidnapping children, you know, the UN didn't really take seriously what she was saying, uh, unfortunately, because uh, they disrespected uh, all what she had to say so much. Like some of them, they left the room. Some of them, they uh, took off the headphones not in order not to listen the interpreter and everything what she was saying. But when she was done with her speech, they uh, actually had something to answer. How can you answer on something that you never heard? And she, what she was doing, she actually uh, showed the evidence that none of the children was, uh, you know, taken against their parents' will or against their own will. None of the children uh, was forced to get Russian citizenship or was forced into somebody's custody. All the children, uh, uh, you know, going back to their parents and reunite with their families. All of them here, you know, they uh, the, the one while they were here, they were happy. They went to the summer camps, you know, they were studying, they uh, got friends, they got toys, they had everything which we cannot say about Ukrainian children that are going to Europe. Because, uh, again, a uh, couple of days ago, we saw on internet this video, how one Ukrainian girl said that she was taken to, I think it was Poland, and uh, she was taken to so-called summer camp. But guess what? They put uh, all those children, there were like 40 of them, into the gym room, gym, you know? And they just put those... Uh, little beds that you can take apart like uh, uh, clamshells you know they put like 40 clamshells in the gym and that's where those children were sleeping at and they called it summer camp i think it's more like a booth camp no kidding yeah yeah it seems that there is like an active movement to try to suppress this information in fact like uh, not to get off the subject but yesterday you shared that uh, link with me about um, a, allegedly a witness in Ukraine saw British Prince Andrew uh, visit over the summer and then abused and abducted two children. Right. And I mean, this goes along with what you had said, how you're, you know, there's a lot of these elite people in Europe that are not even just elite, just sick fucking human beings in, in Europe who, who traffic in children. And you gave me these two links and neither one of them work. You even had a web cache uh, of the, of the, of one of the links and that doesn't even work. So like Google's actively deleting the cached 
uh, I mean, the the archived links of of these articles, which is pretty <clears throat> pretty shady, considering you can get like a cache of of, of just about everything out there uh, on an archived version of that. Um, do Do you want to get into the uh, to that story at all? That that about uh, the uh, the witness who uh, has alleged to have seen um, Prince Andrew and abused children. We know that he has a history of it, right? We we know his history with uh, Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Virginia Dufresne. Yes, it, the story definitely has the history, but I don't want to go into it yet uh, until we are done with the full investigation on this issue. But this is definitely true that uh, information gets deleted uh, from uh, different, you know, uh, news outlets who tries to publish this information, and you can't even uh, check it in the cache, which is very weird. Like, if you have nothing to hide, why would you, you know, delete it that way? You could contact an outlet, and you could, you know, make your complaint and uh, talk to them and so on. But you are completely cleaning the history of it, which is like really makes. Yeah. Uh, think suspicious and, uh, you know, give us a second thought that there is something wrong. Oh, certainly. And I really appreciate you not going into it without all the full investigation happening. Like that's, that's journalistic integrity, which is lacking these days out there. Yeah. You know, people just jump in half cocked and then spit out a bunch of bullshit and, and people take it, take it and run with it. And they believe a whole bunch of different stuff. That's not true. But yeah, the, that makes Google, I mean, if this does turn out to be true, um, you know, and Google is complicit in censoring this story like they are currently doing right now, um, then they're complicit in covering up for child traffickers, right? They're com they should be they should be arrested. Whoever's behind it should be arrested for aiding and abetting child traffickers. And, and that's how it should go Absolutely. down. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't see that happening, <laughs> you know, Um so like to back back to that. So what what measures do you think need to be implemented, like both at a national and international level to prevent this stuff from reoccurring? Like, are there are there any existing frameworks out there that we could reinforce or strengthen right now? Or are we just screwed and there's nothing out there besides people like us talking about it? Well, uh, first, what's important is to bring attention to such issues. So people will be aware. People will be careful. There, there are so many people that introduce themselves, especially in the hard times. Like uh, in the United States right now, there's storms, there are fires. There are all kinds of climate issues. And there are people show up, you know, and they tell you like, oh, we are volunteers. We will take you to the safe place. Or let us take your kids to the safe place. Like you have to be very careful who you trust, you know, uh, in this case. Uh, nowadays like it's uh, uh, weird that in the 21st century we are trying to hide such an issue as a human trafficking you know it is an issue because it's coming from way you know uh, many many years ago when we had slavery and right now it's again like high up because uh, it's a huge money involved in it and uh, so people should know. Also, what we are doing uh, currently, uh, since April, I started arranging an international uh, seeking group uh, that will ha have uh, members from different countries. There will be NGOs, you know, and single human rights activists who would... Uh, 
you know, who would join this international group and um, we will try to uh, figure out where those children are at. Uh, together, united, we will have more eyes, more hands, more tools, instruments and mechanisms uh, to uh, find out the information and uh, hopefully to bring them back home. So, um, like, all those actions that you're taking, like, for our listeners, is there who are clearly going to be shocked when they hear this, um, what what can the average person do to to raise awareness and assist in the efforts to to combat these injustices? Don't deny the issue because it does exist. So the the first step to, to toward you know healing in this way is not to deny it, not to be afraid to uh, to talk about it because you know sometimes truth gets ugly and uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. So uh, bringing awareness to this issue is already a huge step forward. Of course, you know inform. Uh, be informed, inform your neighbors, inform your children that situation like this may happen. So they have to be alert. And of course, they need to know how to act when some, something like this happens as well uh, in order to uh, hold on and wait for the help. And uh, mostly it's just an, uh, spread, spreading the information because it's uh, right now we can rely only on the communities because uh, seeing how it's going, you know, we understand that governments are involved, police is involved, and, uh, you know, religious organizations are involved. So, of course, we do have to go to the, to the church, you know, uh, but we got to be also like keeping an eye if everything is okay. Definitely. And and everybody should be doing their due diligence when it comes to sharing and, and ingesting this information. Don't go running away, go run off with, uh, you know, some crackpot theory that you heard on 4chan and talking about Wayfair shipping children around the world and and, you know, in containers and and go, look at provable stuff like this, like Mira's Foundation, who has done extensive research into this situation have eyewitness they even have pictures of these kids up on the website like that's that's what you need to do you can't just go around saying oh the elite are eating the adrenochrome of children you know we need to stop that i'm sure there are some sick people that do that in the elite but we there's no way we're going to prove that this is provable right here and we can actually go after this and try to stop this you know like the adrenochrome shit just makes you look silly and and maybe it is happening but until we got a picture of hillary clinton sucking a child you know we 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 can't go anywhere with that this is real and this we could we could do something if we take action on it right mira absolutely so i'm not trying to detract from you know this topic and this conversation at all i i just was uh curious because i remember we had you back on in march as matt mentioned and at that time you had mentioned you were working on the story about the Ukrainian kill list and uh, which had children. I, right. Yes, exactly. Uh, so it, obviously if, you know, if you haven't listened to that episode, guys, uh, just scroll back to March and find the episode with Mira, but has there been any updates or any new information about the kill list that our audience should be aware of? Oh, I wish uh, we had, we, there was a progress where the UN condemned the existence and what uh, the kill list is doing. Uh, but unfortunately, the organization that's hosting uh, kill list, they did not answer. Right now, we created the petition and we're about to post, uh, post it online for people to sign it. And hopefully, uh, like this, we will be sure that petition 
invitation will be also addressed to the United States president because uh, the hosting provider is on the territory of United States. So hopefully we will get some uh, reaction from there and um, there are several people who are joining in the group and they are trying to uh, you know uh, press charges uh, but not only the lawsuit but also the criminal charges because it's getting uh, a bit crazy like for example uh, there are some people uh, who are who can be wanted due to the political reasons, right? And when the uh, news uh, outlets uh, post information about those people, uh, the kill list picks up their information and posts it immediately on the, their website. So basically, doing this way, they are setting up the Federal Bureau of Investigation, right? Because it's FBI who posts uh, some wanted people. And uh, they take the, the, that information and post it on the kill list, including the personal information of that person who is wanted, putting that person under the risk, you know, their life and health, because now they're getting okay. threats and so on. So uh, the work of this website is... Um, is uh, definitely dangerous, because what they do, they, uh, they explode just too, uh, too much personal information that uh, being public is putting other people in risk, health risk, life risk, uh, not only those people, but their families, their children, and so on. Right. Uh, just to follow up on that too, guys, if you want more information, in May of this year, Mint Press News, one of our former allies in the Alt Media Info War uh, ran a story called "Independent Ukrainian Kill List," actually run by Kiev, backed by Washington. So uh, definitely more reading material there. And thanks for the update on that. Yeah, thanks for that, Mira. Appreciate that. All right, free thinkers. This episode is nearing the end. We wanted to take this time to remind you, if you found value in this conversation, please consider hitting that like button and subscribing to the Free Thought Project podcast on your preferred platform of choice. It's an easy, no-cost way to support us and ensure you never miss an episode. Also, the Free Thought Project operates primarily on the generosity of our listeners. If you believe in our mission and support our cause, please consider donating or subscribing by going to the membership tab at the top of our website. Your contributions ensure we are able to continue our important work having these important conversations and your donations help us do just that. Lastly, if you're part of an organization or own a business that aligns with our mission and values, we are currently inviting sponsorships for our podcast. This is a fantastic opportunity to promote your product or make your brand visible to our engaged audience while supporting meaningful discourse. Thank you for your support, Freethinkers, and as always, thank you for listening. Is there uh would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you and, and uh, click on any links or anything like that where, you know, <clears throat> they could get involved and try to support your cause? Definitely. You can go to our website. Uh, I will spell it F as a fox, O as an uh, open, N as a Nancy, D as a dog, F as a fox, B as a box, R as a rabbit. Uh, that are you you can click on the american flag so it will be all in english and you can proceed and read all about our work uh, which uh, our interviews that we have with uh, 
witnesses and victims, uh, different interesting people. And uh, uh, please uh, remain with the hope, as I said earlier. Uh, don't forget about simple human love and uh, be um, merciful and uh, look around. Maybe someone needs your help right now. Very well said. Um, on the Free Project podcast, we always try to end on a positive note and, um, a, you know, a beacon of hope. And because we talk about some pretty depraved shit, you know, we, we got to give the give them a white pill, if you will. Um, you know, before we do that, though, I got to say, Mira, like your perseverance and tenacity in the face of all this adversity is really nothing short of inspiring, you know, to have gone through what you've been through and to continue fighting for injustice and shedding light on these issues it's like seriously a testament to your indomitable spirit your uh your dedication to the cause reminds us all about the strength of the human spirit and the importance of for standing up for what's right you know and um given that it's uh you know the way to today's topic it uh it feels important to ask you that you know like where you see this situation heading in the future and with all this evidence that you've gathered and uh, all the voices starting to rise against it, which it looks like that's what's happening. Um, is there hope and, you know, justice for and restitution for these children? You know, Matt, I'm a faithful woman, so uh, I always do have faith, hope and love. And I do see uh, awakening happening worldwide. So, of course, there is always hope when there, there are kind people, when there are caring people around, uh, we know that there is a bright future ahead. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Mira. It's been a pleasure and um, an eye-opening uh, 45 minutes here with you today. Thank you, Mira. Thank you.